Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Van City Health. Today we have Malcolm MacRitchie who completed his Bachelor's of Science studying kinesiology with an active health and rehabilitation concentration at Simon Fraser University. Uh, he's been a personal trainer for almost five years at SFU, a healthy heart exercise leader at the YMCA, kinesiologist for strike recovery and performance, a licensed fascial stretch therapist, a rock blades practitioner, and is currently pursuing a path to firefighting. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You clearly looked at my LinkedIn. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> did. I definitely did. I'm just going to jump right into it. Was your plan always to become a firefighter? No, actually not. My plan was to originally be a physiotherapist when I was okay. in high school. My dad, he got his business degree from SFU, but he took some kin courses. Okay. So it kind of got me interested. And then about, probably about first year university, I was like, I actually want to be a firefighter. Yeah, it seems like a better career. The more I learned about physio, the more I wanted a different career than that. Gotcha. Nothing wrong with the, the job, but I just wasn't like, ready. Well, what drew you away from it? Well... The whole aspect of, oh, I'll see this person with an ankle sprain basically every day. You'll have okay. somebody with the same injuries and you're dealing right. with the same stuff over and over again. With firefighting, you see so many different things yeah. and you have more of a team aspect. Uh, I love team sports, played lacrosse yeah. growing up. So just having that team and camaraderie is something that I really am looking forward to. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that firefighters are usually the first responders to mm -hmm. any situation. Yeah. Um, I know when I was working as a lifeguard, every time there was a major industry that we call 911 for, the ambulance wouldn't show up first. It would be the yeah. firefighters who'd end up dealing with a lot of the injuries and kind of just shoo us away and really use their first aid knowledge. Yeah. If you kind of knew that uh, within your undergrad, why did you continue on the kindergarten? The great thing about firefighting is you're, you can have a second career a lot of the times. So you're doing gotcha. four days on, four days off. So cool. I still wanted to be in the industry. I enjoy working out, movement. So being a kin, I thought would be a perfect mesh with uh, a firefighter. Gotcha. At the same time, having a degree will help you also get hired as a firefighter. Interesting. Yep. Cool. Let's take a step back a bit. How did you get to be a personal trainer at SFU despite just being like in your undergrad? The SFU gym, it has a volunteer program. So you're a fitness assistant first. When you're a fitness assistant, get to work your way up to get hired as a weight room assistant. And if you get your personal training, you can become a personal trainer. Gotcha. So you have to volunteer for one semester minimum, and then you can get hired on, and then you can start training, basically, awesome. if you have your certification. Gotcha. And did you just apply, or did you like know people in there? Like, How do you get the position? Uh, every job, basically, in life, <laughs> uh, it's all about who you know. True. Uh, networking. So I was working out there. All cool. my friends were working for them, and then they decided, like, hey, do you want to work here? And I went... I, I, spent, I spent enough time in here, <laughs> yeah. I might as well get paid for it. Gotcha. It's all about who you know, and for sure. uh, it was a great career. You meet a lot of people. Yeah. What's been your most valuable takeaway or takeaways from being a personal trainer? Probably the biggest takeaway is not having an ego. So one of the big things I think back is everything I knew back then, I was like, this is the best stuff. Like, this is the most well-researched. Yeah. Like, everything I'm doing is like perfect by the book. And then now I look back and I'm like, man, I was not a good personal trainer. <laughs> like everything changes, the literature changes, right. you'll find new things and you'll find different cues. So just being that person that I don't have an ego, so somebody can tell me I'm wrong and that's totally fine. I wanna look into it and see how can I be the best? How can I be the most efficient and get people the results that they need right. in basically the most efficient amount of time. So. One of the biggest problems I usually see is people with big, bigger egos. Like I got big this way, you can get big this way, but not yeah. everyone responds to the same stimuli. Sure. So you got to have that 
you know, lesser ego and be yeah. like, I can be wrong so I can help as many people as I can. Right. And when you eventually, you know, go into the firefighting career, do you think you'll be a personal trainer or a kin on the side or anything on the side? Do you think you'll have time for that? Yeah, definitely a kin, personal trainer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's a good career, but it's, okay. it's something, it's super easy to do part time, but gotcha. kin, you get paid more as a kin. Fair enough. And you get to... You're higher up, basically. So you get to deal with more injuries, more, you get to see more complicated things. And yeah. that to me is exciting, you know, gotcha. making the puzzle and yeah, four days on, four days off. So you, you have time Perfect. for that. Yeah. All right. So moving onwards to your position at the YMCA, one, mm -hmm. what is a healthy heart exercise leader? And then two, why become it? So basically the exercise leader is you're just making sure people don't die when they exercise. Very important. <laughs> so it's very, very important. important. Yeah. Uh, they all have had some type of cardiac incident, diabetes, anything that ranges basically a healthy heart program that they need to be in there for. Right. We, oh man, I've seen so many things stroke heart attack people like two months after they've had a heart attack. So basically you're there to rehabilitate them and supervise their activity while they exercise. Right. Yeah, so it's it's a really great program. You get to work on their basically motor skills, even with the stroke patients. Yeah. You get to work on their cardiovascular and you get to learn a lot of different diseases, basically, right. that you might not get to know about or have firsthand experience. Gotcha. And this was, if I'm correct, this was before you became a kin, correct? Yes. When you graduate kin, you can become, you just apply to BCAK. You don't have to write a test or anything. Gotcha. And then, so I just applied. That was the only job I've ever gotten where I didn't know anyone. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So that cool. was the only one where I applied Perfect. and then I actually did an interview and everything and uh, I got hired and it was a great experience. I learned a lot more about group fit and yeah. Gotcha. Now at Strike, how did you manage to become a kinesiologist there? So fun story at SFU Fitness Center, I met a guy who worked there, but he right. worked there before me. He was also my trainer for lacrosse. So he did all the taping right. and everything. And he went away to Palmer to Cairo school. And then when he came back, we just got in touch and I was like, yeah, if you ever need a kin, and he's like, yeah, I need a kin. I was like, okay, Perfect. no interview, no resume. No interview. Yeah, there's, there's just like, you want to start on Monday? I Amazing. was like, okay, sure. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> now, is there a difference between a kinesiologist and a registered kinesiologist? So not really. Okay. Um, if you want to be a kinesiologist in BC, you just have to be uh, with the BC Association of Kinesiologists, okay. BCAK. Basically, you get insurance and you make sure that you have the degree requirements. Gotcha. And then you can pay your fee and then you're in the BCAK. Gotcha. With the yeah. BCAK, what is that fee, if you remember? I think it's about 310 Okay. I think it's about three. And then you have gotcha. continuing education credits that you need to get to keep gotcha. it up. So every year you need, I think around 20 and they have different units depending on what you did. Like you can do right. self-study, you can take certifications, right. write tests and stuff. And with those degree requirements, is that just mm -hmm. simply having a kinesiology degree? Basically, there's a couple courses that are specific, like you... Maybe some phys ed degrees might not quite get it. So definitely look at the requirements. But gotcha. most schools and degrees, it seemed, were covered to get, be registered as BCAK. Gotcha. So if you want to go through it, it'll generally take that, you know, standard four to five year kin program yep. at most universities. Yes, yes. Gotcha. Now, for you especially, how important is networking as an undergrad? Well, it was actually pretty important. That's how I got right. my job at Strike. You want to network in the 
well, especially in Kin, networking in the gym is a great place to go. Yeah. It's a huge place. So actually, I met profs there. Hmm. So profs that were I had classes with, uh, I would see in the gym, and you have a more of a rapport with them. Right. I actually treat one of my former profs. No at way. Strike. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Did you get him as a patient because you were like, oh? No, he was he was already go he knew by the owners who went to gotcha. SFU, and then he just happened to to come gotcha. with me. But you do a lot of networking. In, gotcha. in the gym as well as just generally with classmates like i know yep. people going away to physio you'll meet people who are doing all different kinds of stuff so just chat with people in your cool. program gotcha yeah yeah because i think a lot of people have that negative connotation of networking as mm -hmm. you know your classic business student going into one room with all yeah. these recruiters yeah. and you're just you know, ask them questions really about how to get the job and all that but when mm -hmm. you think as, as a kinesiology student it's not necessarily of Oh, should I should I be networking? Yeah. I guess for our audience that's listening to this, it's very apparent that networking is, huge. is pretty huge. And yeah. it's not all about just asking for the job. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, building that like a relationship with someone. Yeah, 100%. And just getting to know them. And then who knows, opportunities come up. Yeah. As it has for oh, you. Oh, for sure. And even like a lot of sporting groups, let's say you're part of a sports team. Yeah. A lot of time they'll have a physio associated with that. So you can Go even ahead. network with them, shadow them, and they will introduce you to who they know. So right. like my bosses work in the MMA sphere. Mm -hmm. So I've met a lot of people in the MMA sphere just Amazing. off of that. So you have a lot of connections just through one person basically, because they'll usually branch off and other people will know them. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So how are you finding your position for having there, having been there for almost a year now? Yeah, no, Strike's awesome. Uh, working with friends is pretty easy. So yeah. nice. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good clinic. Well, one thing that uh, happened there was I was the first kin and they were a brand yeah. new clinic. So yeah. it was a little rough at the beginning because you have to figure everything yeah. out. And they also don't have any way to tell you what to do because they don't know. They haven't gotcha. been through it. It was good to, I did all the learning basically on my own, figured everything out so I can make my own way almost. So right. I have my own way to do things, which is way nicer than like following somebody else's. 100%. Because I believe in like my process and yeah. I can make my process my own. So that Amazing. was a really nice thing about working there. Gotcha. And just learning so much more than in my yeah. undergrad like in this last year i've learned way more than i did in my entire undergrad really yeah more about gotcha. rehab exercise exercise physiology like and that was your concentration <laughs> that was my concentration yeah. yeah school gives you in my opinion it, te it teaches you how to learn so right. you learn how to learn it just kin more gives you the vocabulary to then move on and to understand hey this exercise would be a good thing hey this is going to be good for rehab um, this isn't some voodoo magic. Like there's a reason why it's behind that. And Kim yeah. gives you that where you're like, okay, neurologically voodoo floss makes sense. It's not some <laughs> right. like magic thing. So that's what the Kim degree really gives you. And it's for you to then expand your knowledge and find different things right. where you can then bring that into your own practice. Right. And you know, now being, you know, a Kim for a year, mm -hmm. looking back on all the decisions you've made, I'm pivoting away from physio. Are you happy yeah. with where you're at? Actually, yeah. Um, yeah. BC is really weird and okay. we can kind of do everything physios do cool. other than needling and adjustments. Yeah. Right. But basically like I can do soft tissue work if I, with BCAK, really? if you have the certification and you've learned it, you can do it. Really? The other thing is if you work with a physio or a chiro and they teach it to you and then delegate you the task, it's under their insurance. So you can Very technically, the only thing you can't do is anything below the dermis and adjustments 
Gotcha. So like uh, thrusting. Where is the dermis? <laughs> the dermis is skin. Okay. Yeah, anything below the dermis, so skin, epidermis. Gotcha. Yeah, your epidermis is showing. <laughs> oh, shoot. No, no. Overall, uh, what are some things about your of the position that you're in at Strike that you've learned as being a candidate what other people might not enjoy as much? Probably the paperwork. Gotcha. Uh, you always want to work just with like your clients. You're like, right. I just want to, I just want to make them better. Like, mm -hmm. I basically want to train them so I never have to see them again. Like, I want yeah. to heal them. Amazing. But the you have to do paperwork. So Kins work heavily with ICBC. Gotcha. They're kind of the only insurance company that will you'll basically get paid out to do. Okay. As other, if you want to be paid out by like Pacific Blue Cross, usually you have to be piggybacking off a of physio. Gotcha. So you have to do basically more paperwork. Well, ICBC kind of, you have to do a lot of paperwork for them because you right. have to renew and then you have to fill out initial forms and stuff. And then charting. Charting is something that I yeah. had no idea about yeah, before I, I started. And I had to like look up and learn how to chart because gotcha. they didn't know how to kin chart. They just didn't know how to kind of chiro chart, which right. is similar-ish, but I had to figure out, okay, legally, <laughs> what do I, and right. what am I required to chart? All right, so what is charting? So charting is basically keeping track of the patient status as you keep progressing through your training program. A lot of times they do soap notes Soap notes is subjective. So what the patient is feeling, gotcha. like are they feeling more pain in their hip today mm -hmm. or uh, anything like that? Right. You have objective. So what you see, so that's something like, I still see they have quite a bit of kyphosis, stuff like that. You have an assessment. So that's if you did it at any tests, right. you can see, okay, they had less range of motion here on this test. And then you have plan. So what do you plan for the future? So that's the basic ba bare minimum. Uh, usual amount of charting you need. Gotcha. Now, the great thing about if you use Jane app, which is what most physios yep. and chiros use, uh, you can basically make your charting super easy. You can have drop down menus right. and you can customize it to whatever you want. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So, what's the difference between kin charting yep. and like chiro charting or physio charting? The nice thing is you get to do less. As a kin, you are not allowed to diagnose anything. Yeah. So I can't diagnose an issue. I can do the test and be like, well, they probably have that issue, right. but I wouldn't be able to diagnose. Right. So I don't necessarily need that. Uh, you can put that information in if you totally want. Right. Usually the biggest difference is different areas of expertise. So chiros are usually a lot of joints. So they will check like how your thoracic is, mm -hmm. like feeling mobility wise and other stuff like that. As a kin, I'm more looking at their movement patterns and their day-to-day -day living. Right. I'm thinking as a kin, I want to specialize in what I specialize and I want to do something that the chiros aren't already doing. Gotcha. So if the chiros aren't necessarily looking at the moving patterns or maybe even the physios aren't looking at the movement patterns, I want that to be my kind of area. And you can see the other people's charts. So you can see, oh, maybe they didn't look at this. I want to look at this and then uh, share that. Gotcha. Well. So going back to your fascial stretch certification and yep. being a rock blades practitioner, did you need to have those before working as a kin or did you just get those, you know, on the job? And yeah. I got those on the job because at, with BCAK, you have to be certified and then you gotcha. can do it. So I wanted it to be covered under my insurance because I know there are techniques that can help people recover and heal. Right. So I wanted to make sure my patients could be helped. So I right. got those certifications, which are just extra. Gotcha. You can put them towards your continuing education credits. About to so ask, yeah. it's perfect for that. You save money. Well, yeah, kind of save money. And right. then you're learning. I've learned so much from these certifications and right. they've really been able to help people out. The other thing is you can look at what people in your clinic have. 
So people in my clinic have hawk grips, which is a instrument assisted soft tissue muscle work. So I decided I'm going to get the rock blade one. So Mm. you can kind of counterbalance or you can even teach them techniques and they can, they can't really teach you techniques uh, because they're not certified, but you would uh, understand where they're coming from and you can kind of spread out your degrees. Gotcha. Or not degrees, your certifications. Gotcha. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you what each of those are in more detail. What is the process to get a fascial stretch certification? So fascial stretch therapy is a type of manual therapy. You, it's a course basically. So you pay your money as right. always, yeah. and then you take basically a really, really easy online quiz. Okay. You read a couple books, probably read the couple books before you take the quiz, yep. but you know, yep. <laughs> to each their own. It's an online quiz. And then you would basically go to either Arizona, Calgary, or Toronto are the places where they hold the class. And you gotcha. go there for a week and they teach you basically everything. It's one of the best learning experiences I've ever had right. in my life, honestly. And where did you go? I went to Toronto. Gotcha. It was amazing. They have like, nine instructors for like 30 people so you have like hands-on with everyone so you get to feel what you're basically supposed to feel and they get to feel you so they can tell you oh you're pulling a little hard here or whatever so it was a really really good learning experience fantastic and the other one, how do you, how does one get a, the Rockblade certification? So the Rockblade certification, if you just go to the Rockblades website, they will show you all their education. There's Rockblades, Rock Tape, and then they also have a Floss, Rock gotcha. Floss, which is like the Voodoo Floss. Right. So you can take any of those classes. I decided to take the Blades. That's the one that I was most interested in. Gotcha. Basically, it was a weekend course. Cool. Uh, if you want basic Blades, that's just a day. And then if you want advanced Blades, that's a two day. The instructor there was yeah. super good and teach you how to do it. And you do it on each other. And- yeah. What is rock blades? So rock blades are basically metal, any tool. So the great thing about rock blades, the certification that I really liked is they presented it more of as a toolbox. So now you have these tools and you can kind of use anything you want. They gotcha. do sell tools that you can buy, right. which are metal tools that you mm-hmm. basically scrape on the skin, yeah. but they're basically teaching you all these different strokes, upregulation, downregulation, fluid, and then like fascial movement basically and with those you can do any you can use your hands you can use wooden tools metal tools basically anything it's just the concept that you learn is really valuable like i use my hands sometimes instead Mm -hmm. of using the tools for the rock blades gotcha yeah cool uh do you think having those certifications would help you get a job as a kin if you're like someone like in the field like still trying to get that first kin job Mm -hmm. or even in physio 100%. Like flat out, yes. Basically, in fascial stretch therapy, it's another thing that the clinic can bill you under. Hmm. So physio, for instance, they can only see somebody a certain time per week, like maybe once per week, and then they're fully booked up. But this person has 100% physio benefits. So that everything's covered for like the maximum. So they could have one physio session, and then they can also have a fascial stretch therapy session. So basically the clinics would love that because you're basically adding more revenue to them. So it's not just usually the ICBC with fascial stretch therapy. You can now basically have your own system, just like a massage therapist and the sessions can be up to an hour. So stuff like that, the rock blades as well, having that you can more easily assist physios or you can just basically use that with fascial stretch therapy. It's all a tool in your toolbox right. so that you can basically help people out. Sweet. All right. Now completely moving over from that and more on the firefighting <laughs> aspect of, of your life right now, 
this might be a rather long, uh, long answer, but so what city would you want to work in? It sounds any, bad. Any, yeah, city, that any, would any city that would take Any you? city that would take Gosh, me. It's just such an awesome job. It doesn't necessarily matter where I'm going to be. Yeah. Burnaby is a great place. They actually, the mayor is a firefighter, former firefighter. So cool. really anywhere in the lower mainland would be fantastic in my opinion. Cool. Gotcha. So what are you most excited about becoming a firefighter? Not the thrill, but yeah. being able to go to my job and not know what I'm going to do almost excites mm. me. Doing something new every day. I mean, with your first year on the job, all you're doing is cleaning the hall, <laughs> but you never know what calls you're going to go on to. Right. And you get to help people on the worst days of their life. Yeah. And that to me would be super meaningful. Right. I want to be there to, to help people. That's all I've wanted since high school. I just wanted a job where I can help people. Right. And I felt that I can make a giant impact in the community being yeah. a firefighter. So I really, I just want this job. So yeah, that's I can awesome. go, I can help people every single day of my life and feel like I'm doing something. Like even yeah. from here, I don't know if our audience can even like hear it, like in the, in the way you talk about it, in the way you just like your body expression, it, it, like I can feel the passion yeah. going into it. It, it is simply amazing. Yeah. And, and he isn't even being a, a lifeguard over in, in Delta. Uh, when we did have firefighters come in as the first responders, you're right. There can be a lot of really crazy situations mm -hmm. that happen. And just speak on my lifeguarding experience, like you can walk into a spinal in the yeah. water. Yeah. You can walk into a spinal like at the locker rooms because like, mm -hmm. I just slipped and fell there. I have a spinal like in the steam room, just in a really awkward position and you know, some projectile vomiting and like yeah. you don't know what's yeah. going to happen. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. You basically walk in and you got a problem solve. I think that's yeah. super exciting. <laughs> yeah. and instead of seeing the same ankle sprain every day yeah. <laughs> and then they don't do their exercises and you're like, come on, man. <laughs> so what, what are you most afraid of? Oh, I don't know. It's one of those things like you don't know you're afraid until you've right. gone through it almost. Gotcha. Like you don't know you have a fear of heights until you go up yeah. something really tall. Cool. I, I would see it more as excitement. I try to challenge, change my fear into more excitement. Like cool. if you know that you're nervous for a test, yeah. I'm not necessarily saying I'm afraid of this test. Right. I'm saying my brain's actually giving me adrenaline so I can focus more on this test and right. I have more energy. So I would more change like, my heart's, my heart's pumping, I'm yeah. excited, but that's because it's giving me adrenaline and this focus right. so I can help do my job properly. So not necessarily fear, you can kind of change it, not necessarily to control your fear, but to use it in a positive way. Amazing. Yeah. And just for going back to that scenario where you were in where you were like, do I go into physio or do I you know, continue pursuing or do I switch over to kin, personal training, mm -hmm. maybe becoming a firefighter? For those students at that point, do you have any other tips for you know those current undergrads or even new grads that are wondering about which career path to pick? This was advice given to me. Think about the end of your life. I know it seems really weird, yeah. but think about the end of your life and work backwards. Hmm. And think about, are you gonna go where you wanna go? So I could think maybe a year in advance, but then two years later, I'm like, this sucks. Right. You don't look necessarily far enough. Like start at the end of your life, say, where do I want to be? What do I want? And then work backwards from there. So I realized I wanted to be a firefighter as a job uh, because it gave me more avenues to do what I wanted to do and more flexibility than more or less a physio. Also, right. physio is hard to get into. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. You know, honestly, I have some friends who were lifeguards that end yeah. up wanting to pursue the firefighting route and now mm -hmm. seeing them, you know, in that like some are still in the application process, some mm -hmm. are, you know, in the process of trying to get hired by the city and even some are already working as firefighters in different cities. There's never been any like negative thing about it. Like they've loved every step of the yeah. way. And honestly, it seems like you're like a perfect fit. Yeah. Thank can't you. Wait, can't wait to see where you, where you take it. Can't wait to see my calendar picture. Yeah. 
All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. That's it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Great.